I am Anna Vincent. I am very glad that you joined us today. And uh, today we have Dr. Chuck Solomon. He's going to be our guest. Um, Dr. Solomon is married to Sue, and he gave me permission permission to tell his age. He is 80 years old. <laughs> good morning, Dr. Solomon. Good morning, Anna. Good to be with you. It's good to have you. Um, Dr. Solomon is a trained psychologist, and he also started um, uh, Grace Fellowship International and the Counseling Institute in 1967. Um, since then, many other ministries uh, have started from his ministry, and God has given him a beautiful heart to counsel people and to lead them out of um, out of painful circumstances. And this is a question at the back of one of his, the many books that he has written. It says, how do you fix a broken person? Where do you take the twisted emotions to get them repaired? And the answer, according to Dr. Solomon, which is from the Bible, is the cross. Uh, Because he says that we need to learn how to die to self and find life in Christ by appropriating his work at the cross. And that's what Galatians 2.20 says. So now um, Susie is going to read to us from 1 Corinthians 1.18. 1 Corinthians 1.18. For the the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved it is the power of God. Okay, so it's the power, <laughs> the, the, the power to live. So, Dr. Solomon, I have uh, several questions that uh, I would like for you to share the answers with, um, with us. And the first question is, what is, the believer, what is the believer's victory? How do you get victory over sin? Well, the, uh, the idea of victory is brought up in... Uh, 1 Corinthians uh, uh, 15.57, and it says, But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So victory is not something we attain and work for, but something we obtain uh, in the Lord Jesus. But uh, that victory, uh, um, the victory that Jesus had over Satan, over sin, was at the cross where he was crucified, buried, and rose from the dead, and he was victorious over the world, the flesh, and the devil. Then by being identified with him, and by faith taking our place at the cross, we can participate in that death, burial, and resurrection. But uh, in most uh, evangelism uh, that's done, uh, in your country or ours, the majority of evangelism uh, only has the cross for the Lord Jesus and the fact that he died for our sins and rose again, and that's enough to be born again, but it's not enough to enter into victory and to uh, allow the Holy Spirit to take over and be our life in order for that, has to, for that to happen, for us to enter into his victory we have to, by faith, enter into his cross. So his cross becomes our cross. So the believer's cross, then, is 
uh, taking the cross of the Lord Jesus by faith and realizing when he was crucified, buried, and raised from the dead, Galatians 2.20 says, I am crucified with Christ. And if we're crucified with him, that could only happen at one time in history, that was 2,000 years ago. So the day we were born again, born into the life of the Lord Jesus, that day we were crucified uh, uh, also, but no one told us about that. So most Christians have to learn about it later to see that uh, the cross for the Lord Jesus is also the cross for the believer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, it's going to be making more sense as we progress with the questions that we have been crucified with Christ. That's awesome. Um, I remember you sharing several testimonies of people whose lives um, have been absolutely transformed when they realized that as born-again Christians, they were crucified with Christ. The, The power of sin and death doesn't have any more power over them. And the life that they had before doesn't exist anymore because now they have new life in Christ. And by realizing that, they were made free from so many addictions and problems that they had. And uh, Yes, we, we had one pastor uh, who had been saved 48 years and was out of the ministry at age 69 because of three heart attacks. Mm-hmm. And the heart attacks were because he had all kinds of unresolved emotional conflict because his parents uh, were divorced when he was 12 years old, and they both told him they didn't want him. Mm-hmm. So he was on his own to get a job and a place to live at age 12. Mm-hmm. And he found a tractor something and got saved at age 21 and went into the ministry and he could study the Bible in Greek and Hebrew. He started churches, won people to the Lord, discipled people, but didn't know what it meant to be crucified with Christ. And he heard me teach in his Sunday school class, uh, stopped at the church and uh, shared a little bit, and, and he said, I have to see you. So he came to my office the next week and found radical victory for the first time after his ministry was already over. Mm-hmm. I, I, that's an awesome testimony to the power of God in us because there can only be life after there is death. We have to die to the power of self and, and sin and in order to be alive to the power of God. I remember also you saying after sharing different testimonies and some of us also shared testimonies uh, when we were together and you would say amazing the things that death will cure <laughs> the death to self well acknowledging that we are dead to the power of sin and dead to our old nature and alive to the nature of Christ and the power of Christ is awesome it's awesome for the believer um, so Dr. Solomon what what is the preaching of the cross what does it look like well, the preaching of the cross is uh, uh, explaining to people in sermons or in teaching uh, not just the cross for the Lord Jesus. Of course, uh, all evangelicals will teach clearly the cross for the Lord Jesus. But when it comes to the cross for the believer, that is not taught uh, on a broad basis. So it must be taught 
For instance, we see in uh, Romans 6, 6, says, Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. So, as that verse says, we can know this, that our old man is crucified. Uh, uh, the cross uh, was a reality. Uh, the day we were saved, we were crucified. So we can know that. But even after we know it, uh, verse 11 says, we must count it to be true. So all born-again believers have been crucified with Christ, even though most of them do not know it. But uh, anything that's dead ought to get buried. And uh, it says, knowing this, our old man is crucified. So verse 11 says, likewise, reckon or count you also yourselves to be dead unto sin, but alive unto God. So we count to be true what God says is true, so we can make it true in our experience. Mm-hmm. So if I keep thinking of myself as a sinner, or just a sinner saved by grace, I am not listening to that Romans chapter 6, uh, um, verse 11, uh, where it says, reckon or count yourself. So um, if I know it and believe it and act on it by faith, recognize that I'm dead through all of that and it holds no power over me, then I am living in obedience and I am living in truth. Right, and if we have if we have been born again, we're no longer in Adam, so we are not sinners from uh, the day we're saved. But uh, some people say, well, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. Well, uh, on the average, sinners need to be saved. If they are saved, they're no longer sinners, they're saints. Mm -hmm. So they may be saints who still sin, but that does not make them sinners. It makes them sinning saints. (laughs) They need to get their identity straight and see our status. When Paul was writing the letters uh, to the Ephesians, he didn't write to the sinners in Ephesus. He wrote to the saints in Ephesus. Mm -hmm. So our... Our name gets changed when we're born again. Mm-hmm. But even though we're born again when we know we're sinners, know we're saints, uh, we may not realize that we have participated in the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. And Romans 6, 3 says, Know you not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. Mm-hmm. And the day we were placed into Christ by the Holy Spirit and born again, that same day, uh, his death was a reality as far as God's concerned, but uh, Christians may not experience that their whole time on planet Earth. Mm-hmm. And that's because we don't understand that the cross happened to us also, as Galatians 2.20 says, right. I have been crucified with Christ, and I do not live any longer, but Christ lives in me. And also in the Romans chapter 6 or 6 that you mentioned before, I want to read it because sometimes um, we read through these verses so fast and they are so powerful and so meaningful for the needs that we have at the moment. It says, For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be rendered powerless that we should no longer be slaves to sin. And that power, uh, that body of sin is our belief system, our behavior system that needs to be crucified. Um, uh, could you clarify that part, Dr. Salmon? 
Well, I think we need to uh, uh, basically distinguish between the old man or the old self and the flesh, because the old man is what got crucified, and if we're born again, we don't have that anymore, because that was what was crucified with Christ. But we still do have to tolerate the uh, flesh when we yield to uh, the power of indwelling sin and let that influence, then that creates that uh, flesh condition which produced sins. So uh, uh, we don't have the old man of the old nature, mm -hmm. but we do have the flesh that we have to learn to deal with. And it's as we take our place at the cross, realizing we were crucified, that we can count ourselves dead to sin and its power uh, to prevent the reign of sin uh, developing this uh, condition of flesh uh, that uh, plagues all of us. And Galatians 5.17 says, The flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary, the one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. Mm -hmm. now, lots of times people go to Romans 7 and they say, that's a conflict between the old and new natures. But... Uh, uh, the conflict that's taking place in Romans 7 is between the uh, flesh and the spirit as defined in uh, Galatians 5.17. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, so we can see in Galatians uh, 5.17 um, a lot of what the flesh is. So if I am having um, a challenge with the flesh at the moment, uh, it says for the... The flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh, and they are in conflict with each other. And then it mentions in verse 19 several of the things that are um, that are the picture of the flesh, or what when we are living in flesh. And I like to give an example from from life. If I see somebody and I envy what he or she has. Um, that is my flesh because God doesn't envy and the power of God in me doesn't envy. If Christ is living his life through me, Christ doesn't envy. So I am really not, it, it is not my nature, it's not um, me who is envying, but it's the, the power of the indwelling sin tempting me to commit the sin of envy. And if I know that I have been crucified with Christ, that part of me is dead, and acknowledge my life with Christ, then Christ miraculously and instantly removes that temptation from me, and, gives, and I give him thanks for what he has put inside me, which is the fruit of the Spirit. That's another thing we need to emphasize, too, is that... Uh, when we take up the cross of the Lord Jesus and see he died for our sins and rose again and, and we accept him, we can only uh, uh, experience that cross once. But when we uh, experience the believer's cross, when we were crucified with him, that has to be a daily. Luke 9.23 says, And he said to them all, If any, any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily. So it has to be a daily thing, but uh, that the power of sin is dealt with and the flesh is dealt with. But daily, lots of times, isn't enough. And 2 Corinthians 4.11 says, For we which live 
are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be, be made manifest in our mortal flesh. Mm-hmm. So it isn't just once, it isn't just daily, but it's continuously. Mm-hmm. So there is a, a big difference between Christ's cross and our cross. Yes. Uh, uh, the cross of Christ took place, he was only crucified once. Mm-hmm. So he was crucified once, and of course, the day we're saved, we're born again, we're crucified. But uh, we have to count on that one-time crucifixion many times. Mm-hmm. So we count it to be true, that God says is true, so he can make it true in our experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very good. Thank you. Okay, so could you talk to us about the flesh? What, um, what is the flesh? How is it defined? Okay, I, my definition of flesh is a condition of the personality or soul where it's yielded knowingly or unknowingly to indwelling sin. So all of us have indwelling sin within us that we can yield to. So it doesn't necessarily mean we're participating in gross sin, but if we allow uh, the power of sin to control our personality, where we're living in our own strength, living out of our, of our own resources, which uh, is the way the, ma- the majority of Christians live. So they may be uh, living the best Christian life they know how to live, uh, serving the Lord. It could be that they're in ministry or missions work or, and trying to be the best Christian they know how, but they could be doing it in their own strength, which means the flesh would be functioning. So to repeat the definition, that flesh is not a thing, it's not a fourth, fourth part of us, but it is a condition of the personality where it's yielded voluntarily or involuntarily to indwelling sin with the result is our living and trying to serve God in our own strength, our own re- human resources. Mm-hmm. Could you tell us why it is wrong to try to please God in our own efforts? Well, if we're trying to uh, live and pre- please God in our own efforts, we're doing it in uh, our strength and human resources. And uh, uh, the Word says that in our flesh dwells no good thing. So if we're uh, trying to serve him after the flesh. Uh, we're no longer in the flesh, according to Romans 8, uh, 9. We're in the spirit. But we can walk after the flesh, or as though we were still in the flesh. And since the word says that there's uh, uh, nothing good in our flesh, then we're trying to serve God in our strength and our resources, which is not authored by the Holy Spirit. But if we say, no, I died to that, and I count myself dead to sin, alive unto God, and allow the Holy Spirit to control, then he can uh, use our lives to bring glory to the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, so then how are we pleasing to God? And how um, how do the good works uh, show if it's not our effort? 
Well, the first thing is, see, whatever we do according to the flesh is going to be tainted because it has our wisdom and our power uh, involved with it and um, could be to satisfy uh, the way we see things. But if we say, no, my flesh cannot please God, so I must go to the cross and take my place at the cross and lose my life and let Jesus live so he can live through me, through my personality, and produce results that he's going to be uh, uh, authoring that he is behind. And so uh, when that takes place, then there can be miraculous results rather than just good works. Mm-hmm. And, and the, I do pray to God that we will understand it, that that we not only know the the information, but that there would be revelation in our hearts to how that happens, at what it means, because it it it's transforming. It absolutely changes us, so that we are not trying hard to live our lives independent from the power of God, but trusting that He will live His life um, as we depend on Him and produce. Uh, we might explain to the listeners, too, uh, the key to a lot of this understanding and the, the revelation you just spoke about mm-hmm. is in seeing that uh, eternal life is a life without beginning or without end. Mm-hmm. But most of us are schooled to think eternal life is an extension of my life. Mm-hmm. It'll go on forever, and that's true. It will. But if we see... It's also a life with no beginning. It's Jesus' life, God's life, since Jesus is deity. So once we are born again, we enter into eternal life. We not only get a new future, we also get a new past. Because <laughs> we did, uh, we grew up in Adam's past and an identity in Adam. Adam. Mm-hmm. But once we're born again, we enter a whole new realm of life awesome. with a different uh, identity. And uh, a new past. So if abuse and hurt and a lot of those things have been our uh, uh, lot in the past, and we see we're born into Christ, into a life that has no beginning, instead of living out of our past and the horrendous things that may have happened to us, we can live out of the life of the Lord Jesus and his acceptance and his sacrifice. So we lose our lives at the cross within and let him live. And he can uh, uh, heal a lot of the emotional damage and empower our personalities uh, to be radically different from what they were. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. That, and that is the Christian life because only Christ can live the Christian life. And he lives it through us if we allowed him to do that. That's right. Mm-hmm. So the message of the cross is the power of God. That's right. It's it's the power of God to transform lives, and we have, we have seen him uh, set people free from things like clinical depression, uh, anxiety attacks, anorexia, bulimia, uh, homosexuality, pedophilia, uh, anxiety disorders of various kinds. Uh, most of the things that people go to psychologists and psychiatrists for, we've seen the Holy Spirit set free from Uh, sometimes in as little as one interview. Mm -hmm. Because when the Holy Spirit does a miracle and reveals to a person it's no longer them but Christ living, as Christ lives his life in them, 
through them instead of them, then lots of things change and some very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. Of course, the emotional damage there uh, that is there takes time to heal, but mm-hmm. the mind be, can be renewed very quickly. Mm-hmm. And, and that is done by our supernatural God, the God who created the heavens and the earth and, and created us fearfully and wonderfully. He also has the power to transform our minds, to exchange our natures, to, to do whatever he wants in order to change the way we also live lives, to change our destiny forever. If we only believed in his not supernatural power, uh, rather than in the power of humanity, our lives would be transformed, and we will see revival. That's right, and as we've become so accustomed to uh, uh, having uh, uh, hurts and psychological difficulties and all uh, treated by uh, uh, the mental health professionals, and uh, they may see some improvement but they do not see miraculous life transformations, and that's what our our Savior specializes in, is life transformation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's awesome to hear these words, uh, especially when we just came out of uh, celebrating Easter, and we many of us have been focused on what our Lord Jesus Christ um, did at the cross and the work that he absolutely and completely finished. Um, I have been asked what my favorite quote is, and my favorite quote is, the words of Jesus Christ, it is finished. Mm-hmm. His work at the cross was finished, was completed, and uh, and he did for us a lot more than forgive us of our sins, which is what um, most of us focus on, but more than forgiving our sins, he has given us life. He has exchanged the life that we had for a new life and a new power. Yes, he came to not only to forgive our sins, which he did at the cross, but he also came to uh, deal with our self-lives so it can be no longer I but Christ. He came to forgive our sins and to give us life, his life, to replace our life Mm -hmm. so we could live life out of a new, new power, a new source, and uh, and bring him glory. Amen. Well, well, our time is almost over, Dr. Solomon. Thank you so much for sharing with us um, about the self-life and the power of God living in us. And uh, I will post information on my website, graceforttoday.ca, um, uh, about Dr. Solomon and the books he has written and his counseling institute. 